You are listening to The Quest for 100, a discussion on everything you never knew you wanted to know. And now your hosts, Justin and Brian. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, there was a quest. A quest for 100. Hopefully you know what we're talking about in this week's quest for 100. I am one of your hosts, Just. No, I'm not Justin. He's Justin. I'm Brian. <laughs> I'm Brian. He's Justin. Uh, I, I think by episode 76, we should be able to get that correct, but uh, obviously I was wrong. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going off the rails. We got off the rails last it's, week, it's- and it's just continuing. We, yeah, why not? Why not? I, you know, this this episode, Brian, um, I'm gonna say it's gonna be special. I I am really excited to dig into our topic of Star Wars. Um, there's there's a lot to it, and we won't be able to cover everything. I'm putting the caveat right up front that there's gonna be disappointed Star Wars fans out there just because we're not gonna cover the thing that they want us to cover. Yeah. But hopefully, we will cover some of those things because yeah. we have about an hour that we will get to talk about this incredibly powerful media franchise of Star Wars um, and the movies and all that. So yeah, this is one um, of those episodes that there are other podcasts just about Star Wars, and there are a lot of other podcasts just about Star Wars, but. <laughs> You're on the quest for 100, so we're going to briefly touch the edge of the galaxy of Star Wars, and uh, and then we'll move on to our next topic next week. So, you know, I I, uh, I got to say, Justin, just off the top, uh, you know, just completely unburying the lead right off the, the get-go, first thing we're going to do, unbury the lead, and I have been watching Star Wars for a long time. Uh, obviously, they came out before I was born. But um, you know the the first the uh, original trilogy I grew up watching and and watched quite a quite a bit and I really enjoyed the first three. Uh, I take okay. them I take them for for granted for or for what they're worth in terms of the effects and and all of that type of stuff. So those by far are my my favorite of the set of of trilogies and. You know, I, yep. I I do have a favorite of all of the movies, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, uh, and, and it does come from those three. But you know, I I can't say that I follow it really closely lately. Uh, I I have to admit I have not watched the Mandalorian yet. I'm probably getting shunned by a mm. lot of Star Wars fans and and all, but. Yeah, sure. uh, in terms of the movies, I am up to date. I've watched them all. I've watched some of the recent ones multiple times. Uh, the prequels, I will say, I have not watched multiple times. So, what about you? Where Where do you come okay. at from this Star Wars yeah. galaxy? Yeah. So it's kind of cool, you know. I I think as of like a couple months ago, you probably were a much bigger Star Wars fan than I was. I, for, I so I had older siblings. I grew up. They, um, they got me into watching the the old ones, the the original trilogy, 
and they were it was good i i didn't have anything you know i didn't love it i didn't hate it i just was like oh this is cool and when i was kind of coming of age where i started to have some some interest in it was actually when phantom menace came out um this was what i was probably nine years old um at that point 1999 yeah 99 so um i i watched that i actually really enjoyed it in the theater um i was nine years old uh but i really enjoyed it and i saw the next one attack of the clones i saw a couple years later i don't know if i saw it in theaters or not and then I just kind of disappeared from Star Wars and my connection to Star Wars. I didn't really watch anything. Um, I I thought I had seen the Revenge of the Sith and and I knew I did not see any of the recent trilogy. And you know, with the new movie coming out in December of 2019, I took it upon myself. I called it the Winter of Wars. I think I actually might have brought it up in the podcast. I was. I decided to watch through all of every single Star Wars movie. And, you know, I learned a lot from, again, like I thought I had seen movies that I didn't. Um, so it was good to actually see them. And then to get this storyline, you know, buttoned up. And we'll talk about, you know, in more detail, the order, the proper order you should watch and all that. But but I will say that I have I have gone all in on Star Wars since then. I after completing the what eleven movies, I nine nine episodic and then the two standalones. After completing them, I tuned into the Mandalorian. Um, I am now rewatching. I I guess I should say I just rewatched the Mandalorian wow. over the last week. You've bought um, in. Yeah, so I've now watched that twice. I have played and beaten uh, the Last Jedi, which is a video game that's focused on that and then i have a uh a, we have the oculus quest which i think i've called out before there's a star wars game on that that is i forget what it's i forget what it's called but uh you play kind of a a young jedi and you get to swing your hands around like you have a lightsaber and you get to meet darth vader and all that it's it's pretty epic but anyway long story short i am like I'm all in on it and I'm I still feel like I have a lot of catching up to a lot of the fans out there and you'll probably see that as I talk about some things that I I don't have a fully fleshed out opinions on some a couple things but um but I I'm really passionate about it and I I found myself really enjoying that watch through um this you know the last couple months really of of just getting immersed in it. I got to say I'm a little shocked. I, I'm a little shocked that I thought that you would have been a more established Star Wars fan. It wasn't just like within the last year since, I mean, really since yeah. we've been on the quest is really, yeah. you know, when your Star Wars fandom has, has grown. Yeah, it really, it has, it honestly has. And, and I don't know what it was. It was just kind of a weird, weird piece of pop culture that I just wasn't ready to jump into and maybe because I felt like it was already too late or I don't know what it was at certain points I wanted to get Alyssa my wife in and get her to watch it with me and so that was kind of slowing me down from doing it at other times but then eventually I was just like screw it I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this these movies and 
you know, if people want to watch with me, then great. If not, I'm just watching. <laughs> you know, it might honestly be that Barney age gap because, Maybe. you know, if you're talking about you, you're, you know, first, obviously I didn't see the first ones or the originals in theaters, but the yeah. Phantom Menace being in theaters was not a very big deal. Like it was a big deal, but it flopped and, and yeah, it, it wasn't that big to me like my my star wars upbringing was with the originals and not with phantom menace so i mean i could see where if if the phantom menace was kind of right in that you know time period where you're getting up to speed on all of them then it does become difficult to get into it yeah yeah and it was kind of yeah it was it was kind of mixed in with with the old ones um because it really wasn't i didn't start to appreciate the old ones until you know i was close to 10 anyway so yeah so it's kind of mixed in and 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 at that age too to try to get into you know it's hard to appreciate those those movies at the time you know with the graphics you know different um and so much older at the time so i mean it's definitely my tune has changed significantly since that time but i will say i have a a slightly different perspective towards each one of these sets, the you know the prequels, the originals, and then the sequels, I have some unique takes on it. But um, but we'll get more into that later. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to 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 dig deeper into this topic, of course. Yeah. Well, let's uh, jump into some news. You're a newsman. I ever tell you otherwise, you punch me in the face. So first off, we're recording this on May the fourth. So Justin, may the fourth be with you. Oh, may the fourth be with you as well. It's it's part of the reason why we were recording. Um, as I learned, you know, in my research in the history, May is just an impactful month for you know the the entire trilogy or series. Um, anyways, so I've actually seen a a lot of stories coming out, you know, surrounding May the fourth. But uh, the one that I selected for my news comes from Mashable. And they uh, listed the top 15 Star Wars quotes to live by. So I wanted to go through those real quick. Uh, The the first one obviously has to be Yoda. And it is, no, try not. Do or do not. There is no try. Mm. That's, That's one of my favorite quotes. Yeah. With, uh, from Yoda. I mean, it's it's just you can actually apply that to your life. It, it honestly, it's one of the you know actual things that yeah you can apply to your life, and it's one of those where you, I mean, I'll take away it, and I kind of remember uh, from you know I I remember quotes from throughout the movies, but that's like the one that it's like yeah when you're talking Yoda, you're talking that quote right there, so. Um, next yeah. one is uh, "There's Always a Bigger Fish" by Qui Gon Jinn from the Phantom Menace. Yeah, power, ultimate power, yeah. is Shriv Pal- Palpatine in uh, yeah. the Revenge of the Sith. Uh, yeah. It's not my fault. Han Solo in the Empire Strikes Back. Uh, there are always things that you cannot solve by jumping in an X-wing and blowing something up. Uh, that was from <laughs> Leia in the Last Jedi. Excuse me, sir, but that R2-D2 is in prime condition and a real bargain. C-3PO in A New Hope. <laughs> uh, it's over, Anakin. 
I have the high ground. Oh, classic. Yeah. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. Anakin Skywalker and Attack from the Clones. I would like to see the baby, the client in The Mandalorian. Hmm. That's cool that they pulled in one of those. Yeah. That's not how the Force works, says uh, Han Solo in The Force Awakens. We're not alone. Good people will fight if you lead them. Poe Dantari, uh, D- Dameron. Sorry. Right, you can just po- say Poe. Poe Dameron. Yeah, I should have known that. In Rise of Skywalker. Who's the more foolish? The fool or the fool who follows him? Obi-Wan Kenobi in The New Hope. This one's bad. Just Hey Hey by uh, Babu Frick. The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, mm. Two more. Be careful not to choke on your aspirins. Uh, okay. Sorry. sorry. Be, be careful not to choke on your aspirations. Uh-oh, Darth Vader. Like aspirins. <laughs> oh, what? man. Sometimes reading's hard. And then, uh, <laughs> Luke, you're going to find that many of the truths we cling to, cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Luke? You're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Yeah, I'm reading that Mm. right. Yeah, that's a fair point. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, there's. I was. I was trying to see if there would be other ones. Like, I got a bad feeling about this, or something like that, from like Han Solo. I feel like he said that all the time in the originals. Yeah. I, I think they are definitely missing some, but yeah, I don't know. That's cool. their list. Interesting. Well, um, mine, I have, I have 1.5 um, news because I had a news article and then there was breaking news today Uh-oh. that I'm there. So uh, the first one is, you know, as of today, in case you missed it, in honor of Star Wars Day, Disney Plus is premiering Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, which is a docu-series about The Mandalorian, in case you were curious. So the executive producer, John Favreau, takes viewers behind the scenes on the show's uh, eight-episode series, and it pulls in the cast and crew um and each chapter will explore a different facet of the Mandalorian through interviews, never before seen footage and roundtable conversations hosted by Favreau. Uh, so it, it debuts on May 4th. So a couple days before this, this is released or this podcast is released. Um, and obviously this is the day that we all celebrate star Wars. Um, and it's going to stream every Friday on Disney plus. So obviously this is, um, not as relevant to you, Brian, yet, but you have to watch The Mandalorian. And my guess is that they're going to do a deep dive on every episode. So, like, it'll be interesting to see. Like, if you, I don't know if you're interested in doing this or do you even have Disney Plus? I don't. Nope. And, yeah. and I was just going to say, I don't have Disney Plus and I don't know if. I can justify just saying, yep, I'm going to get it just for... I think I might just give you my login. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, don't say that publicly. Don't say that publicly. Oh, that's fine. They're okay with that. (laughs) But no, I mean, I think, I honestly, if you're a fan of Star Wars, 
if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't watched The Mandalorian or you're Brian, like you should definitely watch The Mandalorian because and it, and honestly, if you are just curious about Star Wars and you happen to tune into this podcast, I would definitely say tune into it anyway because it's kind of in a silo. It doesn't have a ton connected to the you know real you know um you know the the actual like skywalker plot line and all that like it just kind of can live by itself and i thought it was just a lot of fun it was just well-made series and i'm really excited because the uh, mandalorian has a different pretty much a different director for every episode yeah and and so like there's uh what's her face Bryce Dallas, Bryce Dallas Howard. No, that's wrong. John. No, oh, darn it. Bryce Howard, whatever her name is, Ron Howard's daughter. Anyway, um, she, she does one. Uh, there's a couple other people that have done it, but my favorite and one of my favorite, honestly, my favorite directors at this point in the last 10 years, at least, and I'm going to, I always butcher his name, but it's, uh, Taika YTT. Are you familiar with him, Brian? No. So Taika has done a number of recent movies. Um, The most notable one for me was Thor Ragnarok. Okay. Um, So if you... you, Did you see that one? Yep. I forget. Yeah, so Thor Ragnarok had like this really comedic background to it and was just, I thought, one of the better Marvel movies out there. So he did that one. He did uh, Jojo Rabbit, which was the 2019 movie that just came out. Didn't um, see it. it. It won like best screenplay um, and was like pretty, pretty big. And then he, I actually just watched another one of his movies. Anyway, I'm going on this tangent. <laughs> yeah, off the rails. <laughs> there, it is, it is. But the reason why I say that is the breaking news today is that he actually is going to direct a new Star Wars film. Film? And film, yes. So okay. there's the reason why I said 1.5 stories is because there's that's pretty much all the details we have on it, um, is that he is selected for it. But I love his work. I think he does an amazing job. Even, even the one or two episodes that he directed in in the Mandalorian were just so well done. And he just has this, like, I don't know, like he gets the right act. I don't know. It's just the collection of what he does is just really impressive. Um, and so him added to the star Wars world, I like, I'm very optimistic for, you know, what might, might be coming. And, and I think the rumors are 2022 for the next movie and that it would be separated from the Skywalker, you know, series, it would be something new or, or at least an asylum or something. But again, just speculation at this point. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, you're already dropping some knowledge, so let's just continue and uh, drop some more knowledge. As we normally do, I am the history guy and Justin is the stats guy. We always start with history. So here we go. So In 1971, George Lucas, obviously the well-known George Lucas, he wanted to film an adaptation of Flash Gordon, uh, the Flash Gordon serial, or they called it serial, but in terms of a series, but he couldn't obtain the rights to it. So 
this is kind of a theme for a lot of of the history that we found is like just not being able to get the rights to what you want to do and so he began developing his own space opera is what he liked to call this this genre in 1973 Mm -hmm. george lucas directed american graffiti and following the completion of the filming of american graffiti he wrote a 12-page synopsis of star wars and he presented it to a number of of different movie companies and 20th century fox was uh, the company that decided to invest in it so there was basically the first of the three trilogy series that he you know introduced um, this one is the original trilogy and it tells the story of luke skywalker played by mark hamill trying to become a jedi and his struggle with evil darth vader and the struggle of the rebel alliance to free the galaxy from the galactic empire so mm-hmm. the original trilogy, the first uh, of the original trilogy, was released on May 25th, 1977, and this was Star Wars A New Hope. Now, in 1978, Lucas actually would confirm with Time Magazine that he had a nine-film series plotted, but then after the first producing the first trilogy, he decided he wasn't going to take that on. Uh, so that's why we only saw f- three of them originally. Huh. On May 21st, 1980, The Empire Strikes Back was uh, released. And then May 25th, 1983, Return of the Jedi was released. So all within the May time frame. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's fitting that we talk about, you know, Star Wars at this time. Obviously, they yeah. were not ce- celebrating May the 4th. Because I think yeah. May the Fourth was a you know fairly recent social holiday that was created, but you know I could be wrong about that. But uh, I just don't remember that when I was growing up, people yeah. being that clever. So no. So in 1992, Lucas confirmed that he had plans to produce the prequels, uh, which were the the first three movies, and. In 1997, they actually re-released the original trilogy remastered with the updated CGI technology. And so I definitely remember when they re-released and remastered the the original trilogy. And, you know, definitely had those, I guess, VHSs. I don't think it was DVDs at the time. But um, definitely had those and uh, would watch them fairly regularly. So... You know, now, at that point, I was 11, so that's probably the the reason that I kind of was getting into them when I was, you know, right in that prime age. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, we don't have to dig into it now, but, you know, a lot of the remastered is, is kind of polarizing to a lot of original, you know, OG Star Wars fans because they kind of wanted to stay true to what it was and... And in some of these remasters, there's a there's a but I mean we're not going to get into it in our in our debates, but but there is there's some people that absolutely hate how some of the remasters were done. One one of them is like the who shot first debate between Han Han Solo and Greedo is like it's it's totally different over a remaster versus a not. And again, we're not going to get that into the weeds in this today, but like I. I'm guessing that, you know, when you were getting into them, you didn't really 
you probably appreciated the remastering. Well, um, I honestly don't know that I knew the difference at the, you know, I, I couldn't yeah. have told you I was so young that I don't think I could have told you, Oh yeah. Like it's so different or whatever. Sure. Like I was just taking them for what they were. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So the prequel trilogy, this trilogy actually begins approximately 30 years before episode four or the a new hope you know, was set. And this follows the Jedi training of Anakin Skywalker, uh, Luke's father, and his eventual fall from grace and transformation into the Sith Lord, Darth Vader. And as well as the corruption of the Galactic Republic and the rise of the Empire led by Darth Sidious. So again, going back to the May release dates, May 19th, 1999 was episode one, The Phantom Menace. May 16th, 2002 was episode 2, Attack of the Clones. May 19th, 2005, episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Hmm. And so then in 2012, George Lucas announced that he would make no more Star Wars uh, movies. And in October, the Walt Disney Company agreed to buy Lucasfilms and announced that uh, episode 7 would be released in 2015. Lucas actually provided uh, his outlines for the sequels, but they were apparently completely discarded. So the storylines that he oh, really? had, yeah, scripted weren't weren't what they actually followed. What? Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's the report I saw. So, huh? It's actually interesting. It's like, hey, hey, we have this incredibly successful franchise. Granted, there was some, you know, presume or some. A lot of people would say darker age for the uh, episodes one to three but like regardless really amazing you know groundbreaking story and they just say nah we're gonna do it our way like that's crazy yeah you should actually it's kind of interesting to read some of the first outlines that george even had uh apparently he was uh oh i can't even remember luke skywalker was not this like farm boy to begin with in, and like the characters were just completely different. I, I think Bubba Fett was supposed to be, or not Bubba Fett, uh, Jabba the Hutt was supposed to be furry too. Like there, there's just some like. So is is this the? So are you saying like the the last three movies were just, adjusted or all of them? Well, the last three for sure were just thrown out the window. But like even just the concepts that george lucas started with got it before okay. the movies were made were were very interesting but you know obviously the that's what he was working off that these outlines were you know very much uh reworked before the films actually came out so the fact that they just threw threw out his kind of like outlines isn't that yeah. surprising because so much was reworked so who knows what the actual outlines were and and you know how far off they actually are to the current stories but uh the sequel trilogy starts about 30 years after episode six and focuses on the journey of the force sensitive orphan ray guided by luke skywalker along with ex stormtrooper finn and ace x-wing pilot uh, Poe Demarian. Did I say that right that time? 
I don't Dameron. know. I just Dameron. Poe Dameron. Right. Poe Dameron. Ray helps the resistance led by Leia fight the First Order, commanded by Han and Leia's son, Kylo Ren. So the the first of the uh, sequel trilogy was The Force Awakens, and that was released on December 16th, 2015. The second of the, the sequel trilogy was The Last Jedi, and that was released on December 13th, 2017. And then the final was The Rise of Skywalker, which was released on December 18th, 2019. So that completes the... Uh, set of trilogies and then you also have the what they call the anthology films and right. and they don't officially call them the anthology films all of these actually use the title of quote a star wars story and so you have rogue one which was released on december 16 2016 and this told the story of how the rebels obtained the death star plans and then right. most recently, uh, May 25th, 2018, Solo, uh, which centered around a young Han Solo. Yep. So there have been a, a number of TV series uh, and animated spinoffs throughout the years, uh, and then three live action series that are scheduled to be released. So obviously we have The Mandalorian was released uh, on November 12th, 2019, uh, and then it's scheduled to have its second season in October of 2020. Who who knows if that will actually be the case? But then they're also working on an untitled Cassian Andor series and an untitled Obi Wan Kenobi series for 21 uh, 2021 and 2022 respectively. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll dig into this a little bit too. But yeah, I know I'm I'm excited. Anytime you get into something like this it's interesting how people's opinions will differ on like their excitement or not. But, but I think that if you get into something like a star Wars, whether you hated something or not, which there are people that love it and hate it, especially the recent stuff that how can you not be excited for more star Wars stuff? I think that's, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I like how, uh, I just like the that there is more in the future and it just didn't end after episode nine. Yeah. So two fun facts that I had. So the first one is George Lucas paid a fine and actually resigned from the director's guild rather than start episode four with a traditional credit sequence. Oh. Because, you know, it just goes into a long time ago in a galaxy far, far yeah. away. Da, 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 da. Yeah. That apparently is not okay for the director's guild interesting and so i wonder he must have changed that then by him like and the success of the movie right like if if he no i think he's not in the director's guild oh he left oh he left because of that yeah that's amazing that's funny yeah yep and then my my last tie to something that we've talked about before a boy band actually made a cameo in the attack of the clones a what a boy band so a boy band in sync made makes a cameo in the attack of the clones at the request of george lucas's daughter they were actually edited out of the final cut though 
Oh my gosh, that's funny. Yeah. So they like forced them in. They had like and probably what it was it Attack of the Clones of so 2002 when InSync is like on top of the world. They actually took time out of their schedule to be a part of it, and then they get cut. Yep. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's that's pretty good. Cool. Well, I'll I'll uh I'll try to run through some stats here because I'm excited to for the debate part, but but there's some good stuff in here too. So I, I kind of started with just the evaluation. Now most of my stats will focus around the the main nine movies, but there are you know some some places where I'll I'll, I'll divert. Um, but the the franchise holds actually a Guinness World Record for most successful film merchandising franchise. Um, in 2020, and the total value of Star Wars of the Star Wars franchise is estimated at 70 billion. It is currently the fifth highest-grossing media franchise of all time. Could you name one media franchise that is above them? I'll give you props if you could name one. That is above them. Um, that is a good question. Like media franchise being like any type, any any think like uh, I don't know Harry Potter like that could be one or you well, know something like it's not but is like Hello Kitty is that is that yes it is yes good, good pool so Hello Kitty is actually number two at eighty six billion um, I'll go reverse order so number four is Mickey Mouse and Friends okay at seventy four billion. Winnie the Pooh at wow. 76 billion. I was really shocked by that one. Wow. Hello Kitty, as I said, at 86. And Pokemon mm. is 95 billion. So, got that, those it, cards. Got to get them yeah, all. Yeah, it's got, it's got so much. And, and they, you know, I think the Star Wars one had of the top five, and this is why it's the most successful film merchandise, it had the most money from the movies. Um, whereas these other ones have a, a ton of whether it's books or merchandise uh, and then mickey mouse just is like everywhere so that that didn't surprise me is it winnie um, the pooh is winnie the pooh disney now too oh good question uh i want to say it is but i'm not confident in that yeah um, yeah it is okay there you go yeah so they just scoop up everything yeah um so they have what three of the top five yeah uh winnie the pooh mickey and Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. Um, not bad. Well, I wanted to do it a little bit of, of, of a deep dive into the ratings and then some of the sales too. <laughs> Which actually, so, go, sorry, going back to that real quick. Yeah. All three yeah. of those are the American media conglomerates. Oh, yeah, the right. rest, the rest of them are. So Japanese. Disney scoops up all the American, yeah, big media franchises. That's funny. I didn't think of it that way. So I, I, there's a, a million ways you can look at. Uh, the ratings and how people look at it. You know, oftentimes we'll pull in IMDb ratings. Sometimes I'll pull in uh, Rotten Tomatoes. And the one thing I was really intrigued to look at for these, you know, nine episodes, and again, focusing just on these nine, is how the critics scored these movies and how the fans scored the movies. And for the most part, there's an alignment on all of these. Wow. Surprising. So, yeah. So, you know, Star Wars episode five Empire Strikes Back is the, 
I wouldn't say the far and away the best on, um, but it, it's rated a 94 out of 100 for critics and a 97 out of 100 for fans. Really? So, yeah, like crazy, crazy strong numbers for for episode five. the The next movie is is a New Hope, uh, so the original, and 92 for critic, 96 for fan. Return of the Jedi episode uh, episode six was the third best for um, fans at 94. But interesting enough, The Force Awakens, so episode seven, was the third best for critics. And if you go, if you look at just, I won't go over all the numbers, but episodes one through three um, hovered around like 50, 59, 60, 56. So not great. Revenge of the Sith was a little bit higher with an 80 critic score, but a 66 fan score. Yeah. But the craziest that I found of all of this, if you'll notice, I left off the last two episodes. So The Last Jedi received a 91% critic score. So 91 out of 100. Fans gave it a 43 that's huh. a difference of 48. That's a significant difference between critics and fans. And then also significant, but the other way around, critics hated Rise of Skywalker, but fans actually kind of liked it. So a 52 rating for critics and 86 for fans. And this just I, I baffled me that there would be differences like this. Usually, you know, sometimes... I find that critics are more critical of, I mean, they're literally critics, um, but they're more critical of these movies or any movie versus a fan. Fan typically likes it. But, I mean, that is not the case with The Last Jedi because fans were like, screw you, this sucked. And, you know, and in many ways, and I'll get to this in a second, but in many ways, the how much the fans hated The Last Jedi really hit them on their bottom line because not as many people came out to rise of skywalker people were like less people were coming and less money was made from from the last episode even though it was the conclusion of this entire series they lost money on it because uh the last jedi kind of went a different path that fans did not like weirdly enough the critics did but but they did not but um, but fans I thought fans loved the little porgs of the the last Jedi. There so there are different types of fans and I would say that yes there are fans that like stuff like that and we'll get into this a little bit too. Fun fact by the way on the porgs apparently they were all wherever they shot that yep. there was a bunch of uh, what were they? Puffins. Penguins? Puffins. Or, oh, puffins. Puffins, yeah. And so those puffins, they, instead of editing them out, yep. they decided to just place the porgs in yep. place of them. So yeah. they weren't even original, like, supposed to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I saw that somewhere else, too. Yeah, that's kind of kind of cool. I thought that, that was crazy. But anyway, so the, the highest grossing film, and all of these numbers are converted into, you know, current dollars, pretty yeah. much. Inflation, yeah. Yeah, with, with inflation. So episode seven uh, had the highest by far at 268.6 million in convert in converted sales. For comparison, in converted sales, 
Episode four had six point six million. <laughs> so not anywhere close, but it's it's also amazing. hard to compare the box you offices. Can, you're, you're completely right. It's very different, but it just it more just speaks to the different world. Um, but you know, if you look at the last couple of movies, it was two sixty eight, as I said. For episode seven, it was two twenty, and then for episode or sorry for episode eight, it was two twenty, and then for episode nine, it was one seventy five. So significant, almost a hundred million less from episode seven to episode nine. So they were really starting to to take a hit. And I I honestly, I mean, there are people that I know people that even listen to this podcast that chose not to go see episode nine because they hated episode eight so much. And they were like, I'm not giving, I'm not giving them any more money. And I thought that was crazy because if you watch eight movies plus the standalones and you're not going to go see the finale of it, I don't care how much you hated the one. Like I, I just significantly disagreed with that stance, but, but you know, I guess some people, are very passionate about the traditional ones. So I, I get it, but yeah, so real, uh, so a couple awards just, you know, to call out. So the nine, the nine episodic live action films together have been nominated for 35 Academy awards of which they won seven and six of which were for new hope. Uh, they won. A, I mean, that's a lot to win for one movie. And, but obviously it was, I mean, crazy. When this stuff came out, and again, I can't speak to it because I wasn't born then, but from the people that were around during that time, I just, like, people were blown away by the special effects and by the costumes and the story and everything. It was just never really been done before. So you have to appreciate it for that. Um, But also, interestingly enough, the franchise has received a total of 14 Grammy Award nominations, and they won six there, too. Hmm. So the, you know... Uh, what is it? John Williams, I think, is the composer of most of these, and yeah. um, he's just fantastic at, at building a score. So, I had some interesting ones to tie on here um, that I thought our fans may or may not know. But so we were talking about the the New Hope. So when 20th Century Fox attempted to distribute a New Hope in the U.S., fewer than 40 theaters agreed to show it. And as a solution, Fox threatened that any cinema that refused the show, the movie, would not be given the rights to screen the potential blockbuster, The Other Side of Midnight, (laughs) which ended up grossing less than 10% of what this movie did. So I thought that was really funny to just think back at. Also interesting, so the actor who played Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, in the original films is Alec Guinness. So he he was really well well known, world renowned, I guess, for a lot of Shakespeare and a lot of act uh, play acting and all that. And he thought that Star Wars was in his words, fairy tale rubbish. Uh, he actually there's multiple reports of him just like I, I think I read something that said that a kid approached him and said, Oh, I've watched Star Wars a hundred times like I love it like and he said and asked for an autograph and he said I'll sign this for you but you can never you should never watch this movie again (laughs) and like he like genuinely didn't like being a part of it but despite this 
He negotiated a deal to earn 2% of the gross box office receipts for movies and that for those movies that he received, which earned him $95 million for his relatively small part in the movies and the original trilogy. Yeah. Uh, He dies pretty early. He does. He does. Sorry, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler (laughs) alert, right. Um, If you'd like a comparison, Harrison Ford was paid $10,000 for his performance in A New Hope. Yikes. $10,000. Oh, man. I I can't even imagine. I mean, he his his is he went on to make much money. Harrison Ford did, of course, with his many other roles and even within Star Wars. But but crazy to think that it started that way. A disco version of Star Wars theme became the number one hit in 1997 and held the spot for two weeks. But that was interesting. Uh, and I actually played the song and I remembered it. Uh, so it must have been used at at certain moments. The most expensive piece of Star Wars memorabilia ever sold is the Panavision PR 35mm camera George Lucas used in filming A New Hope. And that went for $625,000 for that one camera. Wow. Do you know what that camera... Do you have any... Are you a camera guy? Like, could you envision... Could you pick that camera out of a... Oh, no. No. Lineup? Panavision is not a thing otherwise i'd buy it because it's my vision oh okay interesting um <laughs> you oh i get it i get it i get it i get it um <laughs> <laughs> yes uh we'll we'll let that slide the sets oh and my last stat was the sets of the phantom of the menace were only as tall as the actors but they didn't account for six four liam neeson so they had to rebuild all the door frames for Qui-Gon Jinn, which racked up an additional $150,000 in production costs. Man. Hmm. So that's that's pretty funny how one small little difference in height can create that much cost change, but uh but yeah, so that was that was my fun facts. Hopefully our our listeners learned uh, a thing or two about it. All right. Well, let's get into some friendship tests. All right, Justin, so we're talking Star Wars, but real quick, there's obviously another star series out there in Star Trek, and people are really into Star Trek as well. Which side do you fall on? Yeah, um, interesting enough, I probably would have put myself on the Trek side for my younger years my my dad was really into star trek and would watch the show all the time and so i would kind of you know tune in with him and watch it he was a trekkie yeah he was a trekkie and so i i really i mean i don't think he had anything against star wars but he just was a big star trek fan so i just out of pure consumption i probably would have been a trek fan more but i am you know after the winter wars and and everything else i'm far on the other side now and and star wars is just nothing against star trek but star wars is just better (laughs) yeah yeah i i mean i i never really even got into star trek uh i was always a star wars person so 
I can't even say that I, uh, I, you know, I, well, we've mentioned it before in our, our magic episode that I had star Wars card, the playing card yeah. games, similar to magic yeah. cards. So that's, that's how much I was into star Wars as a kid. Nice. Actually just so found what? those cards. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's sweet. So, you know, we, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but you, you talked about your favorite set of movies, but, um, but what's your favorite movie within all of these? Yeah. So I was a little shocked that people said that Empire Strikes Back was the best movie uh, or rated the oh. highest. I, of the original trilogy, I I don't like that one. Like, that's the the my third of the three. Really? Yeah. Huh. It, it just gets a little slow when he goes and you know hangs out with yoda and train trains with yoda like i like yoda but it's just a little slow it's also a little scary so maybe that had to do when when i was a little young and and he was walking through the swamp and all that kind of stuff but return of the jedi is actually my my favorite of the of all the movies and i don't know why i i think i just like endor the idea of endor i like as a concept and so when he's when they're all with the Ewoks and all that type of stuff, um, I, I like Endor. Yeah. All right, that's fair. There's a little you're you're not alone in that. There's a lot of people that are big fans of Return of the Jedi. Um, obviously, all three of those original ones, people just have a ton of love for, and you're really, you know, I don't know, you're you're pulling teeth to to pick one from them. But I think for me, um, it's the Phantom Menace. Just kidding. Uh, Yikes! <laughs> wow, no, we would. No, no, no. Wow, uh, I I'm actually with uh, Empire Strikes Back, and they're they're all three of those originals are good. I would say A New Hope is probably my least favorite of those three because I, similar to what you were saying, like it just felt a little slower. It took a little bit to get back into it when I tried to rewatch it. Um, that was definitely a, a little bit of a hurdle. Return of the Jedi is great. Like I, I don't have any, you know, gripes with that. But, but Empire Strikes Back, it just, you know, it's really that middle, middle story that, you know, you know enough about the Jedi's, you know, but like, but you know, he's coming into his own, and you have a huge reveal with with Darth Vader, and like it just, I don't know. There's there's many moments within it that were just really really epic what's interesting so is most I, of the time sequels are horrible right and that's right. What, that's the way i kind of feel about it is is the sequels the sequel was not as good and the sequel trilogy was horrible because it was technically the prequel yeah like the, well, yeah. the, the, the but, prequel was the follow-up to the original yeah, <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, I I disagree with the the first part you were saying is like I I I agree. I guess I agree with most sequels are bad, but I mean they just squashed that with Empire Strikes Back. I mean they mm. they at the very least it's the equal to level of New Hope in my opinion. So I I don't know. I think they just there there are stories that just take time to tell. And this is one of them. And to me, even though it was kind of 
a sequel in its time as like the second movie, it still was the second of three. And so to me, I I find myself really liking the meat of these movies where you know enough about them that it's not new and you can kind of build upon the characters to know them better and, and all that. So I, I, I stand by Empire Strikes Back, but I, I respect your Return of the Jedi. I respect that. All right. Well, in terms of viewing order, should you be watching these episode one through nine or are they supposed to be watched in the order of release? Would, would yeah. you want to watch them backwards? How, how would you like to watch them, Justin? <laughs> Um, so this was a big, I wanted to, to talk about this because I didn't realize it at the time, but this is actually a pretty big debate amongst Star Wars fans. Um, but when I first started to rewatch, I needed someone to tell me what the best way to do it was. And, you know, a lot of people, I, I think there's a two pronged approach to this. And the first way is how I did it, which is, if you are, you know, an adult or maybe you've watched the movies in the past, some movies in the past or a mixed bag or whatever, start the story. I think start the story from the start in terms of one to nine, because many people haven't even watched it in that order. And I think that you pick up on some story development that you may not have picked up the first time you watched it through. So I really liked one through nine. Now, the exception to that is if I have a child, which I don't right now, but if I had a child that had never watched them before, there's something special about having them go through the order that they were released. And I think I would support, like I would change up how I did it if I was watching it with my, my future kid to just have them experience it just like most other people have uh, growing up. So that I, it's kind of a middle bag of an answer, I know, but but I I could see it both ways. Yeah, so I I gotta say that I've never watched it one through nine in that order. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So well, so, well, once I get you my uh, login, you can watch all nine of them because they're there. Yeah, yeah. I you know, so my takes a little bit one sided, I guess, because I've never done it that way. But sure. Well, but if I walked up to you on the street and said, "Hey, Brian, how should you watch it if I've never seen a movie?" What would you say to that person? I think you have to I think you have to watch them in release order because because you have to understand the progression or or lack of progression of the technology and, you know, really because at the end of the day, yes, they were prequels but they were still released after the understanding of the first set of movies was out there. And so, you know, you, yes, you're, you can foreshadow and all that kind of stuff, but it's not really foreshadowing because they, they released stuff secondary. So that's where I, I think you just kind of have to watch them from the release date and watch, you know, a new hope and, you know, Empire Strikes Back and and Return of the Jedi first and then move on to the prequels and you know understanding that this is telling the backstory to what you watched originally. Yeah. And you almost kind of 
view it you can view it as a flashback or whatever you want to do yeah but, um it is wonky though you think about it to go you know four five six one two three seven eight nine like yeah it's it it feels like you're i don't know like an incomplete story almost but but i i definitely i appreciate like i understand your thought on that and i don't I don't necessarily disagree because I don't I don't think there is a right way of doing it. But I, what I would say is that if you haven't done it the one way, you should do it the other way, wherever you stand on that um, is my thought. But, All right. Well, I have to you know, go we one talking, through nine. Yeah. Yeah, you shall. Um, but we're, we're just talking about this a little bit. But are the prequels good? And are the the sequels or the new ones good? You know, we, we, we know we know we can agree upon that the original three are good movies if not great movies what are your stands on on the prequels and the sequels the prequels are not good they're downright horrible and the the you know sequels i will say they are okay they're okay i i wouldn't say if i took them for as themselves and not in kind of a Star Wars trilogy, I would say they're good movies. Okay. As part of the Star Wars, you know, environment, I I just say they're okay. Okay. That's fair. So this is where I think, I don't know if I have a unique perspective just because of when I watched these or how I watched them or when I grew up. I don't know what it is that causes this, but I actually think that the prequels are fine. I don't think they're great, but I, I think that they're, they're good. Like there's moments. They're definitely a little bit more political and a little more slow moving at times. And, and some, you know, rough CGI at times too, if you really want to micromanage it. But but there's there's some interesting development of some of the characters, um, and honestly, I think I think the prequels have some of the best fighting in all of Star Wars. Oh yeah, I I, I wouldn't yeah I I would agree with you there, but but and and I think you know not that and we'll get into this you know with with some of our favorite lightsaber battles here coming up but like i think there's story right and and star wars is about is is a really unique story and and that's great but it also like you want to have fun and you want to like see some epic lightsaber battle or epic you know phaser battle like it they had that they had it in every episode and and easily i mean probably my top handful of 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 fights were from those movies yeah but you're you're ignoring all of the you know aircraft fights and and dog fights that were happening in the first three like if you don't even count those then yeah okay but like if you're just saying specifically lightsaber and like like phaser battles okay yeah they're gonna be i mean it's a better use of the force i mean not maybe not the phasers but like the I don't know. Like, there's a a prowess. You're seeing the Jedi's and the Sith fight, and you know, I I don't know. It's hard to describe, but I I will say that I I understand the faults that it has. I don't think that they're great movies. They still fall down at the bottom of my list, 
but I also don't think they're bad. And, and then, you know, moving on, cause I don't want to dwell too much on those old ones, but like the new ones, I actually think are pretty good. Like I, I, again, I wouldn't put them as, as high as the, the middle three, but I, you, you said it perfectly alone as a movie they're fun they're they're probably yeah. good yep as they relate to the story as they affect the story uh, i totally think that there's some question marks there um i mean you you in essence totally change the force in those last three movies where you can just like break through and communicate i mean you could always communicate there was there were signs of that with luke and leia but the the ability to i forget what it's called but like put an item through midair and appear in someone else's hand like that's as entertaining as that is it also is like what how is that a thing like how is how can you do that so i definitely see the faults there too but i will say i mean people hated the last jedi um i thought it was fine and a lot of people that that saw Sky Rise of Skywalker were not like huge fans of it, but I thought that was a lot of fun. So, and I saw that in theaters. So I, again, maybe I'm like, I don't, I'm not allowed to have an opinion on this because I haven't grown up with it. But I thought, you know, all of them were at least decent movies, and some of them were really good movies um, of these nine, obviously, but. That, that's kind of where I stand. Okay, my one big gripe on the the prequels, and and we're running way over time. So I know uh, real I don't quick, care. I don't care. The, we're talking swords. I don't care if we go over. This is a fun conversation. <laughs> but um, the te- technology, right? So the technology is so advanced before we get to the original trilogy. Like you've got clone, you know these these robots and that are super sophisticated the clone wars and all that type of stuff you've got double you know uh lightsabers that are doubled uh tripled whatever you know <laughs> and then all of that's gone in in when we get to the original trilogy that's my biggest issue with the 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 prequels that's fair that's a fair point and i do think that there is I mean, they they probably took advantage of the what, almost twenty years was that? Yeah, sixteen different years, uh, in between. We're like, hey, we got CGI, let's go crazy. I definitely feel like that's that's a part of the decision making, which which, again, like is is not, you know, not great. It's it's good for the eyes, but not great for story because there's a lot of holes there. So I don't, I I guess I don't disagree with your thoughts on that. But there's like people get so angry and so upset with these early movies and think that they're garbage movies. And I just I don't think they're garbage. Mm. I think that they're, they're good pieces within them that yeah. like if they didn't exist, would you be happier if they did not exist? Probably. Oh, that's I don't I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I would rather a story be told slightly differently than how I hoped it would be told than to not have a story at all. And I think people are so... No, 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 no. Use your imagination, Justin. Use your imagination. No. You need need less serial movies 
and, and Netflix show that completely tell you everything down to a T and and use your imagination. Sorry that I like details, you know, and they've, I, I am happy with the depth that has been provided in the series. All right. Well, how has Disney been doing with all of this details that it's giving you? Do you like the way that Star Wars is moving forward with the Mandalorian and, and you know, the anthology series and all of those storytelling that, that uh, Disney's been doing? Yeah, I think I'm, I mean, obviously the news today with, uh, with Taika uh, coming in as a director was, was really a great sign of things. But just in general, I, I guess if I had to take a stand here, I would say that I'm I'm pretty satisfied with the direction they're going. I, I don't know. There's a lot of question marks with the standalones and even the Obi-Wan series and all of that, even though I think they're supposed to have Ewan McGregor in that, which could be cool. Um, but I think the one thing I'll say is after watching The Mandalorian again, there are moments that and even in in the recent Star Wars movies, there are moments that just feel over the top Disney, if that makes sense, like comedically, ah, I don't know, fluffy or like Porgs is a good example, right? Like, and while that was used as an editing technique, um, it also was a decision to be like, let's have a cute little thing in here, and those things. More I, I family worry oriented. That, yes, to to I I worry that there could be more of those coming, and even in the again in the Mandalorian there was there was moments when you're like really you're gonna you're gonna do that like this is a pretty dark you know storyline of what's going on not super dark but a little bit darker. But, Let it be that way. You don't have to bring it into the Disney light. But I, 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 but. On the flip side, aren't you a big Baby Yoda fan? I mean, I like Baby Yoda, yeah. I, I, I will say, like, I'm not against comedic relief, and I think Baby Yoda was very much that in Mandalorian, you know, season one. I'm not against it, because I, I like to laugh, and that's probably the, the more most laughs that were that came from the show or from from the child or Baby Yoda. So I I get that, but but also there's moments when it's just they try to be too, too cute with Disney sometimes, and it, it. I'm just worried that they could take that a little bit too far. But they also Disney is an, a freaking powerful and you know smart organization that typically doesn't fail when they do things. Though occasionally that happens. I don't know. That's kind of where I stand. I don't know what you thought your thoughts are. Now, you know, getting just getting into or or not yet into some of the new stuff yeah yeah i mean obviously i'm just basing this off of the the three movies that they've released and comparatively to the prequel movies i mean they're definitely taking it in the right direction so i think that you know it's going in in good spaces we'll see if they can continue that i also think there is something to be said about oversaturating the market and could they potentially be you know doing too much a a lot of spinoffs and tv shows and and things have come from star wars throughout the years and 
they were never just very good and and so yes by having disney backing it they should be okay or pretty good but are they going to also force feed us these spin-offs because they're disney yeah. and they think star wars or no star wars will at least you know turn a profit for them and yeah they don't really care if it's really a great story so that's yeah what- i I would agree with you there. I think you have to be careful. And I will say that it, and it seems like most of this will be this way. I don't know what the new movies are going to be like, but, um, but I think if you stay away from the, the, you know, Skywalker movies in a way, like tell a different story, like the Mandalorian, while there's certainly moments and even, you know, types of characters that are very similar because you're living in the world, it's still very different. Like Mandalorian is a nobody. Like he doesn't, he doesn't show up. It's, it's not like you're following Boba Fett around or, but like, so I, I kind of like these one-off do a deep dive into something unique or a character that we never know about that just, you know, interacts with things about with the force or whatever. Um, I'm in, I'm intrigued by those storylines, but all right. Well, we were talking about some of the Disney direction here, and and while this wasn't Disney at the time, what are your thoughts on Ewoks? And you loved Return of the Jedi. Yep. And Ewoks were a pretty prominent role in yep. that movie. Part of the reasons I I love the Return of the Jedi are the the Ewoks. All right. So then you've answered my question. You're a big fan of Ewoks. Then. Yep. I am a big fan of Ewoks. Why, why would? You, why are you a fan of them? I love how innovative they are in terms of <laughs> their their ingenuity. It's almost like Home Alone. And when Kevin kind of, you know, rigs up his uh, house to, to, you know, defend against the, the burglars. The Ewoks basically are able to rig up all of these things in a very primitive environment and defend and beat the um, uh, you know galactic empire that has these robots and, and massive machinery and technology and you know a little intelligence and, and ingenuity can go a long way. So I, I just love the Ewoks and, and I think they're clever and, and yeah that's i think it is it is pretty funny that i i i appreciate the inspirational piece you pull from that but it is also funny that these little like three foot two foot little creatures with enough numbers can take down a what was it an uh atat or or one of the walkers yeah um and like really could that actually happen those things are ridiculous but at the same time, like, I don't know. I, I guess it's cool. But so I I, I mean, I'm okay, are you cool. really saying really about having lightsabers, the force, you know, all of the things that happen throughout the, the entire s- series and trilogy and, and, you know, the entire storyline, that's really what you're going to pull out? Yes, I am. I am. And, and if you're going to make me take, make a stand about this, I will. Because the Ewoks... Are, are like the, there's a feasibility there like they're not extra strong sure they're they're innovative which is great yeah and i think that 
their ability to adapt and, and fight. I, I don't hate it, but you can't compare that to the force. The force, yes, is is new to our minds in terms of what it is. It's a, it's an introductory of a whole magic system, essentially. And but it's we know that it's strong. We know that it's incredibly powerful. These little guys, like we don't know that. They just feel like they're like little teddy bears running around. I don't know. Like yeah, but they're I, they're showing their intelligence. But I, I guess they they string up a, a massive log. And that's how they take out the the ATAT. Yeah, and, and it and it just comes in, you know, pile drives into the the you know cockpit. Yeah. Like it's not I mean, saying I, that it's not saying that they themselves are super strong and like you know ten of them went at an ATAT just with their bare hands and took it down. Like they used yeah. ingenuity. Yes, they were able to beat up the you know the people who were operating the uh, ATATs and and things like that so they had at least a little bit of strength but man i mean if you take about if you talk about animals today and just the the sheer strength of of normal animals versus humans well yeah there's a lot of animals out there that are smaller than us that are are stronger than us and would take you know a a you know, mountain lion for instance smaller than me it's going to take me off my feet if it comes in and attacks me. So, like, that's not really that far off. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I don't want to come off as a Ewok hater because I, I don't mind the Ewoks. I, I don't have a passionate thing against them. But but they are, like, weirdly enough... You did, you enough, did put were... this, this question in here, so yes. you must be and, and, and a little bit of a hater. I... I a little bit. I mean, they also tried to cook Han Solo and Chewbacca, so that kind of gets forgotten in in all of this. Is that they're kind of a little evil, all right? Well, no, 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 so, no, no. Han Solo and Chewbacca came into their area, and they don't know who they are. So why wouldn't you defend your own your own turf? Oh, I don't know. I mean, to cook them. They could have just captured them. I don't know. We don't have to dig any deeper into this. But I, I, I think that they're fine. I don't know if we needed to have them as like a, a, a crucial member of the Star Wars family. But all right, then also, who, who's your enough. favorite, you know, animal or character that's not not a, a major player? Real quick. That's not a major player. Yeah. Oh. Oh, geez. A lot of them are major characters. Like I obviously I like Yoda and I like Chewbacca. Um, I'm a big fan of of the droids. So, um, I mean, I, I Mandalorian has IG I think 55, which I'm a big fan of. He's kind of a side character. I don't know. It's a hard question off the top of my head. I think I would probably land on some type of droid though. I had to pick one because there's always a like a good droid in every every Star Wars film. Um, are Ewoks your favorite? Of my of the like non major roles, yeah. Characters? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, we've talked enough about Ewoks. I want to know what we've all came here for: lightsabers. <laughs> no, that's not what so, we all came here for. 
I came for this. Yeah, you and your um, your lack of wanting dog fights in the air in space because whoa. it is Star I, Wars. I am not against. You want people the, on the ground fighting the, the battles. I am not against that. It's just there's more. There's there's a deeper story to to the the use of lightsabers in the lightsaber battle. So I want to know what your favorite or maybe you, if you have a, a least favorite lightsaber um but do you have one of all of the movies that you've seen um i know there's more even beyond this um some that are in like the clone wars and some of the tv shows but do you have one that that you really like the battles well just like saber in general do you have oh. like, like obi-wan saber and then we can talk battles but I wasn't sure if there was a particular Shoot. stable that jumps out. Man, to you. I didn't realize you were that into this. I just thought this was lightsaber battles that we were talking about. I didn't realize you were talking about well, well, lightsabers. A little period. bit of both. You, all right. Well, I'll I'll speak to mine, and maybe yours will come up if unless unless you know right off the top of your head. No, because they're maybe overrated. Lightsabers are overrated. What? Are you kidding me? Oh, jeez. We we should just end this podcast now. <laughs> I'm sorry it took this long, listeners. Yeah. But, uh, apparently, we found out. How can you be a fan of of Star Wars and not like lightsabers? I, I think I think the way that you are positioning them is way overrated. I think they're oh, gr- oh. I think they're great weapons. I think they're they're really cool. But like to say that lightsaber battles is the is one of the best parts of of uh, Star Wars, I think, is overrated. Is is it not an action movie? I mean, there's a like, there, there's it's space movie though. It's a space opera. I think I think the dogfighting is way better than than the uh, the lightsaber battles. Uh, I disagree with that because they don't I, I, have I them in the most recent ones. In the originals, that's what they were. What the dogfights? Yeah. Yeah, but they also had they also had lightsaber battles, and I think this is where this, I think this is where the disconnect may be, is that you don't you're not trying to disrespect lightsabers. I'm not trying to disrespect you know fights in space with ships. Like I I, I appreciate them, but like where you are, like you really love those original three like significantly more than any of the other movies. Um, I I like them a lot, but I also like enjoy the other movies and the other movies have better lightsaber battles i I just like they're kind of not the best lightsaber battles in episode four five and six and mm, i have mm. no here here it is here here it is and and we'll get well we can get into this right now if you want yeah let's um, do it because so because we might as well we're already like an hour and a half in yeah so my favorite lightsaber battle and there are there are some really good ones but none of them are in the original three movies Mm. and my favorite is Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan versus Darth Maul Mm -mm. and that fight is one that I remember so vividly and has so much emotion to it and the I mean heck the choreography is spectacular 
I mean, they, there's, I mean, you have the the death of Qui Gon, which is, I mean, I didn't see coming when it happened, and, you know, which is like just brings out this emotion that is that that comes out of of Obi Wan, and he just goes after Darth Maul, and the the fight just like two v one, and then how Darth Maul can kind of keep up with both of them, and he's got his his dual lightsaber and that was revolutionary as it was at the time and it, yeah but it i just... don't i don't like the dual lightsaber don't like the dual lightsaber where'd the technology go i i well i don't know that seems like something that they should have addressed in uh episode four five and six <laughs> yeah I, I am curious when you mentioned that i am curious with the technology thing is that is that type of thing something that was added on or something that was originally in, you know, the screenplay that um, that George Lucas wrote to be able to have like different, you know, you'll find like later on there's there's different lightsabers earlier on. There's different lightsabers. It's, it's almost like a style thing. And not everybody could or should wield a dual lightsaber. Yeah, but are you saying Luke Skywalker should could not wield it? He probably could. It's just I, I think there's a level. This is a little bit into the weeds, uh, but my opinion. We're, could, we are is, so far into the weeds right now that I that I don't know that our our upload will allow us to continue oh, into geez. the weeds. <laughs> oh, well, I'm just gonna say though, I think like if you have a dual lightsaber and you're Darth Maul, and this is like years years before episode four five six there could be a negative stigma tied to a dual lightsaber that is more of a sith related thing and so you don't see jedis really utilizing no my only explanation is that it it actually does get lost because when he dies it falls into the pit right and and that's my only explanation but you're saying nobody else had that technology. That uh, that's the reason I do not like the first three. Is that technology oh. gap between the first three and and the original? Like uh, I just struggle with that. So that's why I have this big hate for for lightsabers. It's like the technology doesn't match to what you know the timeline actually shows. I I guess. Well, what would you say is is your your top and why? Why? Because I'm really curious what what one you could bring into this that would be better than that. Because because my second, honestly, and to, to be clear, is Obi Wan versus Anakin in Revenge of the Sith. Because that is an an epic, like long saga of battling of you know brothers fighting each other basically, and 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 honestly, one of the most iconic lightsaber, if not fight scenes of all time. Um, so I don't know. But yeah, man. both of them are in the prequels, and I'm curious where you you're going to go. You just like with your lightsabers. You don't like anything else. You don't like any other action to come through. That's not the case. I'm just giving some love to lightsabers because they they are a very important part of the force. Yeah, but it's it's not part of the space part of the opera. Like you're you're on the ground. I would say uh, well, I would say my favorite would probably come from my least favorite of the original trilogy because that's just how important I I 
place these lightsaber battles, but the the Darth Vader versus Luke Skywalker, where he, uh, Luke gets his arm cut off and then he yep. he falls to the bottom of the whatever space city. Um, yeah, I, I would say that is probably one of my favorite. Be- yeah, because so- that's where the Luke. Like he doesn't he find out his yeah Darth Vader is his father yes and and so yes, there's he tells him after his arm gets cut off yeah so the whole like storytelling and fighting that's the best part like that's the best one the, the I, other ones are yeah yeah I will give you I, I will say that if you're if you're so concerned about how the fighting affects the story or how the story is driving the fighting. I think all of these still apply, but I do think that there's some credence to, to that, to that particular fight, because obviously the most, the biggest spoiler of all time, right. You know, uh, that he was his father, like that happened in that moment, but that I watched that fight again. It's not that good. Like, it's just, you know, I hit saber, I hit saber, boom, boom, boom. We're going to, you know, get pushed up against the edge. I lose my arm. That's a big, or my, you know, hand or arm. I forget how much of it's it is. It's not all about the action. It's not all about it, the action. But the action is about no. the action. No. That, that's the thing. Like, if you're going to, like. No, there's suspense. I, I, there's suspense because they go into different areas and they don't know where each other are and, and all of that. Like is is way better than just action, 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 action. All right, go and not after this episode. I your homework is to watch Qui Gon and Obi Wan fight Darth Maul again. Uh, I watch I that. know that sequence. Yes, I I'm yes, and and there are moments in time when it, you pause, you you learn about the characters and how they are, you know, frustrated or how they are dealing with loss or how they are dealing with the situation where they're caught by these energy shields. Like it's not just a, I hit you with a saber. I do a backflip. Like there's, there's so much more to it in that fight scene that you learn about these characters through their fighting. Like that's epic to me. That is, I, you don't learn any more than Darth Vader saying, Luke, I am your father. So I like, yeah. Cause he had to say it. It had to be, clear as day for 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 impact to be made he had to say something it, some people need the one, details like you i yeah i guess i guess well i don't think we're going to agree on this but uh but yeah we need to move on to our delusional thinking uh because i i i need i need to get away from this topic from you <laughs> All right, Brian. So we're talking Star Wars, obviously. Would you rather be a Jedi in Star Wars or a wizard in Harry Potter series? Yeah. It's a simple question, but maybe not a simple answer. Yeah, it's not. Because there's so much opportunity in either one. Sure. Now, in Harry Potter, am I living 
like in Harry's, you know, world, like we're, you know, I, I think, I think for the sake of this, we can go either way, but I think for the sake of this converse, you know what? Yeah. I think for the sake of this conversation, you are a Jedi in the star Wars world, or you are a wizard in the Harry Potter world. Yeah. Uh, well, here's I mean, there's the, obviously muggles, right, with Harry Potter. Yep, so yep. you kind of have both worlds yeah, in a way. Like, yeah, and and I think that's going to have a big factor on on my decision here, because in the Star Wars world, there is a lot of scary stuff out there. Sure, a lot of stuff that, I mean being a Jedi can only do so much Jedi's you know like Obi-Wan Kenobi has died sure uh you know Anakin hasn't died yet but I mean he basically will die at some point right um uh a lot of Jedi's have died I mean really we're at the last Jedi right Right. Uh, and on the flip side, in Harry's world, there's I feel like there's less scary stuff. There, there's some scary stuff out there, like Voldemort's scary. Um, you know, other things are scary. But if you're a good enough wizard, you can defend against a lot of things. If you're a good enough Jedi. There's not much. I mean, you you have things that you can't defend against. So yeah, I'm gonna have to say that I would be a wizard because there's just so many options to the wizarding world and what I can actually do with my wizarding powers. Whereas Jedi's, I mean, you're pretty much you know, you locked in and you know what you're gonna be good at. And that's that's what you're going to be good at, but you can't like, you know, do some of the things that you can do when you're a wizard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 tough. I think there there's a stigma, not a stigma, but but a little bit of a tie. My initial my initial thoughts, without digging in deep, is that Jedi's are cooler than wizards. Like there's yep. there's some level of of coolness factor to be like I am a Jedi. Yeah. Now that be is is a uh, Anakin way of thinking, um, where it's like oh yeah I'm I'm tough stuff you know and I can do a lot of cool stuff. Whereas in the Harry Potter world it's much I mean certainly the wizards there are evil wizards and there's really powerful wizards and there's schools based around learning wizardry. But I, I I do see the appeal of the Harry Potter world, or, or not even just the world, but being a wizard because you can you can do a lot of things, you know, and and there's more long range things you can do um, in a fight or or a you know I don't know uh, just living I guess, and then also I kind of like Harry Potter from a like to be able to go into normal living, like you could live in real life and do some magic and people 
would either wouldn't notice or would be like really shocked and cool with it whereas like in star wars world while it's rare to be a jedi or to have jedi powers and use the force it also isn't like unheard of and that world as you said is very dangerous i don't know my gut keeps like pushing me towards harry potter but i want to choose jedi I want to choose Jedi, but I, I feel like Wizard is, is... Is it the Force pushing you that way? It, it, it is, maybe. Um, I don't know. Like I feel like, again, the Wizard to me, I, I associate with a, a kid. In, in this scenario, I, I associate with a, a child almost. And Jedi, I associate with a full-grown adult that is protecting people. And, you know, and I, I kind of like that a little bit better. It's... It's again, it's pulling teeth a little bit, but I think if I had to choose, I'd probably lean a little bit more towards Jedi and living in the in the Star Wars world. Plus, you know, I kind of am intrigued by uh, meeting a bunch of new alien races. I think that'd be fun. Hmm. All right. Well, we're uh, officially Is at this our the longest. longest one ever? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, I'm okay with it. I, I mean, I don't know if our upload will be, but yeah, I mean, uh, we packed packed uh, you... nine nine movies, well, eleven movies plus a show in the ninety minutes. So that that's true, and we got into deb- debates. I I said this up at the top, but we wanted to give this its due, and. As much as we can fit into a sixty to ninety minute episode of a podcast, <laughs> I I think we we did all right with with this. And um, but you know what? If you're listening out there and you have thoughts on this, if you disagree with us, if you agree with us, you probably disagree with Brian mostly. But if you have no. any thoughts on the podcast, don't don't be afraid to send us a review or, or write us a comment. We're 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 pretty much everywhere you can. Um, find us on um, on social media but, but if you haven't already subscribe to us on Apple Google or Spotify and uh, and throw us a like or follow at Twitter at quest for 100 at Facebook at quest for 100 podcasts and on Instagram at quest for 100 podcasts all right well we're officially into the last quarter of uh, yes. the quest for 100 yes episode 76 complete all right onward to 100 yep until next time justin thanks for joining us on the quest for 100